The following is a presentation of the New York Presbyterian Hudson Valley Hospital Center, a better place to get better. Welcome to the Health and Happiness Show with Casey, a weekly presentation with guests, ideas, information, and fun designed to improve your life from 100.7 WHUD. Hi, it's Casey. Happy you tuned in for the Health and Happiness Show. Today, we find out what author Elizabeth Gilbert of Eat, Pray, Love fame has tattooed on her wrist. And I think you'll be able to relate. Elizabeth joins us for a third time. Her new book is called Big Magic, and in it, you'll learn her process for creating. It's a great read, no matter what your art. And don't tell me you're not an artist. Whatever you do, that's your art. And you're going to meet a Westchester woman who is letting the world know about POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. If you know someone with no energy, a racing heart, stomach issues, this may be the diagnosis they're looking for. Stay tuned. And comedian Fran Capo will pop in with a reminder on how we can show the love to ourselves. That's just ahead. But this morning, we have just a few minutes with author Elizabeth Gilbert, so we have to jump right into the heart of big magic, creative living beyond fear. You will find your path to a vibrant, inspired life in these pages. I have to go right to the part, Elizabeth, where you made me cry. You bring up the magical idea that what we love to create loves us, too. In fact, what we create needs us, right? Oh, gosh. Well, this is the real magic behind big magic. This is the magical thinking upon which my whole creative life is based with this idea that the work wants to be made as much as I want to make it, that an idea came to me because it wants to be made manifest, that ideas are these invisible life forms with consciousness and will that circle the world looking for human collaborators, and they tap on our shoulders and they say, will you work with me? (laughs) Are you my mother? Are you the one? And when you say yes and you enter into contract with the idea, You don't just have your own power working on it. You have the power of the idea itself longing to be made. And that, to me, is the most interesting possible relationship that you can have in a human life. And um, there's no way I'd rather spend my life than um, engaging with that crazy idea. What is it that comes tapping on your shoulder? I don't know. It's a mystery, but it's how every person who's ever engaged with creativity describes the process. Um, It's a pre-enlightenment, pre-scientific way of seeing creativity. It's a very old way of seeing creativity. But it lingers even in our modern empirical rational worldview, because even very rational, reasonable scientists, when they talk about something, they'll say, and then this idea came to me. Right. Right? Like, it's a kind of language that we use, because that's what it feels like. You've felt it. I've felt it. Something comes to you. Like, it's not really from... I know the difference between stuff that comes out of me and stuff that comes into me. And, um, and there, you know, a lot of my work and my labor and my discipline comes out of me, but a lot of my inspiration and my excitement and my desire to work comes into me from mm-hmm. what I can only describe as somewhere else. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know where that is, um, but it comes from somewhere else, and then I work with it to try to make something real. So Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear, is your, your kind of process, right? It is. It's, um, you know, the really fun thing about this book for me is that it's a manifesto. (laughs) And I got to tell you, if you ever had the chance to write a manifesto, do it because it's very gratifying. Um, you know, this is the work I've been doing for two and a half decades. This is the, this is the ethic and the magical thinking by which I guide my life. You know, this is the reason I've been able to write and publish seven books. This is the reason I was able to keep going when I had no success. And it's the reason I've been able to keep going when I had daunting success. Um, because of my belief 
beliefs of, you know, what it feels like to be a human being interacting with the mysteries of inspiration and how there's simply no other way I would rather spend my time, no matter how weird and unpredictable and sometimes frustrating it can be. Right. So did you surprise yourself in any way when you wrote this book? Because it really crystallizes your beliefs. Did any of, uh, did any of your words say, oh, yeah, that is how I do it? You know what it is more? It's that I think it's because I'm 46 now and I finally feel like I have the self-authority to, instead of writing a questioning book, which is what all my other books have been, to write a book that just says flat out, look, this is how I do it. <laughs> you know, this is how I do it. This is my process. This is my thinking. This is the. This is how I see other people doing it and ruining their lives doing it this way. Um, This is how I don't want to do it because I don't want to end up a little broken pile of mess. I don't want to end up, um, you know, sort of destroyed by my creativity. I don't want to end up resenting my creativity. I don't want to end up blocked and frustrated and stagnated. So this is how I don't do it. This is how I don't think. And this is how I do think. And there was something very galvanizing about just standing in my own truth and, and laying ownership to it and then putting it out there like, hey, if this helps anybody and this is how you want to do it, you're free to use these tactics. Um, if not, as you were, <laughs> you know, right. um, no hard on. feelings. Carry <laughs> on. But I'm, but I'm going to keep doing it this way because I've had a really generative, really satisfying and, um, and, and really joyful relationship with creativity my whole life that's not based in martyrdom, suffering, and torment. Right. And I say to my niece all the time when she goes out in New York City to play with her guitar, don't think starving artist, honey. Just put that away. Yeah, don't be married to the suffering and don't think that your work is coming from your demons Um, and don't get too interested and obsessed with your demons. Um, Your work is coming out despite your demons and the healthier and stronger and more stable you can make your life, the more creative work you're going to be able to generate. And don't be afraid of don't be afraid of health. <laughs> don't be afraid of health and well-being, yeah. right? And, yeah. and and just a final word on what you call stubborn gladness. Oh, stubborn gladness. Actually, I'm looking at it right now. I have those words tattooed on my wrist. Um, it comes from a poem by my favorite poet, Jack Gilbert. No relation to me, except for spiritually. He's like my spiritual creative godfather. Um, the poet Jack Gilbert has a line where he says, we must have the stubbornness to accept our gladness in the ruthless furnace of this world. And that, to me, has the magnitude of like a line from Whitman or the Psalms. You know, um, That, to me, speaks to something of the ages that, yes, this is a very difficult world full of suffering and pain and sorrow and injustice and confusion. And yes, nonetheless, we must be stubbornly glad to be here. And in our gladness, um, we must participate in that world and show up for it and engage and create. Okay, artists, don't be married to the suffering. Show up, engage, create. Elizabeth Gilbert, get inspired with her magical thinking in big magic. Go to elizabethgilbert.com. Remember, what you want to create wants you to create it. This is the Health and Happiness Show with Casey on 100.7 WHUD. If you have a question or need more information about things you've heard on the show, email kcradio at gmail.com. The Health and Happiness Show. Information, fun, and inspiration. How 
does an award-winning Hudson Valley Hospital get even better? It teams up with the number one hospital in New York. Hudson Valley Hospital is now part of New York Presbyterian. And with our new name comes new possibilities. New York Presbyterian Hudson Valley Hospital now has expanded clinical services previously not available in the Hudson Valley and easy access to the expertise and resources of New York Presbyterian in Manhattan. Visit nyp.org slash Hudson Valley to learn more about the amazing things happening here. Have alcohol or drug dependence made your life or the life of someone you love unmanageable? For more than 100 years, St. Christopher's Inn has been the place where men in crisis find hope. Located in Garrison, New York, St. Christopher's Inn is a residential shelter and substance abuse treatment center where no man is turned away because of race, religion, or ability to pay. If you or someone you know needs to find a way out of addiction, call us at 800-424-0027 or visit our website at stchristophersinn.org. Today, bullies aren't just in the hallways at school or on the playground. Now, cyberbullies can taunt your child with texts, posts, and videos any time of day through mobile devices and computers. If your child is being bullied, they may feel helpless, have difficulty sleeping, skip school, or even run away from home. Talk to your child about what they are going through and let them know they are not alone. For help, call the National Runaway Switchboard at 1-800-RUNAWAY or visit 1-800-RUNAWAY.ORG. Hi, this is Fran Capo, adventurer, comedian, and author of Hopeville, the City of Light, which gives you the 44 secrets to happiness. Here's one of those secrets. Ever notice how we rush around for our family and friends, but we don't often take the time to take care of ourselves? Why? We're just as important. From here on in, I want you to promise yourself that you'll take a few minutes every day. Come on, promise yourself now. Devote five small minutes a day to something that you love. Listen to your favorite song, pray, walk, take a bubble bath, hug your pet, write in a diary, call a friend. All right, it'll have to be a quick talk. Get a $5 back rub for five minutes at a nail salon. Watch the sunrise or the sunset. Savor and eat your favorite snack. Visualize the house you want to buy. There's a lot you can do in five minutes, and it gives you something fantastic to look forward to each day. Do not neglect yourself and your sanity. Make it a habit. When you habitually treat yourself well and make yourself important, you feel better, no matter what is going on in your life at the time. And if you treat yourself better, you are a calmer and happier person to be around. Trust me, your family will love it, and the five-minute distressor will work wonders on your mind, body, and soul. Well, I gotta run. I have a massage appointment I don't want to miss. This is Fran Kappel, the world's fastest-talking woman, but I always make sure I slow down enough to take five. To learn more, go to francapo.com. Hi, it's Casey. I'm happy you tuned in today. And if you ever find yourself in need of inspiration, you can always catch the podcasts at caseyradio.com. Now, you are about to meet a mom and a very brave woman who has been through one hellacious health ordeal. Now she's come out the other side, and she is running, literally, to educate others about POTS. There's a walk and a run in Rye, October 4th, to spread the news and raise money for a cure. So if you know someone who has a mysterious, undiagnosed illness, lean in. This could be their answer. Wendy Barukowitz, teach me about dysautonomia and POTS. POTS, which stands for Postural Orthostatic Tachycardia Syndrome and Dysautonomia. Okay, we're going to say that again. Postural Postural Orthostatic Tachycardia Syndrome. So dysautonomia is the umbrella term used 
for autonomic disorders. An autonomic disorder is anything that your body regulates automatically, like functions, like that you don't think about consciously. For instance, your heart rate, your blood pressure, digestion, uh, sleep, mood, appetite, respiration, temperature regulation, bladder function, things that your body just regulates automatically. Dysautonomia is a deregulation of the autonomic system. There are many disorders under the umbrella term of dysautonomia. What POTS is, when you go from sitting to standing or laying down to standing, your heart rate has to have an increase of 30 beats or more per minute. So for instance, back in 2011, when I was diagnosed with POTS, I was pregnant with my second child and I was put on precautionary bed rest for six months. I was very deconditioned. When I went from finally standing up to you know one week before I was going to deliver, I noticed a dramatic increase in my heart rate all the way up to 150, just upon from sitting to standing. Wow. So that's really the most prominent criteria for somebody to be diagnosed with POTS. But along with that are so many other distressing symptoms that come along with it. For instance, debilitating fatigue, fainting, migraines, lightheadedness, heart palpitations, nausea, gastrointestinal problems, chest pain, shortness of breath. I mean, the list goes on and on. What's happening is if you go into a doctor's office and you're complaining of some of these symptoms, they're so unrelated. and. Yeah. And the, the medical community just isn't aware, and they, in the constellation of all these symptoms, they're not aware of the signs of POTS and dysautonomia. So they're missing it. They're, they're diagnosing people with anxiety disorder or depression. And that's what happened in my case, and that's what happens with pretty much every single POTS patient. Right. Here, take a pill. You'll feel better. Yes. Here's some anti-anxiety medication. Here's some antidepressants. Um, you're, just, you're, you're depressed. You're, you're stressed. But people walk away feeling still so sick and feeling so out of control of what is happening to their body, and they're not getting any support from the medical community. We're talking to Wendy Barukowitz. She is a person who has experienced POTS, and she's here to open our eyes to it. There's also a walkathon coming up yeah. October 4th in Rye, and we'll yeah. talk more about that. So you said when you were ill, you said, I was very deconditioned. What does that mean? Because I was on bed rest, extended bed rest, um, my muscles were atrophied. My heart was atrophied. I lost all muscle tone. You know, I thought at that time, well, I'm just really deconditioned. I'm not in shape. I'm out of shape. So, okay. you know, my, my heart rate may be elevated. I might be really out of shape and feeling shortness of breath because of that. But it was so far worse than that as I, after I delivered my baby and then developed all these distressing symptoms. Oh, my gosh. And there you are with a newborn in the house. A newborn. And not being validated by doctors. I went to cardiologists. I went to neurologists. I went to internists. Not one doctor had the medical experience to be able to identify, you know, the symptoms that I was experiencing and attach them to an autonomic disorder like POTS and dysautonomia. Wendy, I can't even imagine how many tears you cried. I can't even imagine. Many. Many, many, many. Many. And you said when you were lying down and then you stood up, your heart rate went to 150. When I'm on the treadmill, if I can get my heart to like 140, I'm yes. working out. So yes. 150 is is crazy up there. Okay. Just from standing. Just yes. from standing up. Just from standing. So mm -hmm. finally you found a doctor who figured this out. Finally. Well, I had Googled the symptoms myself, actually, um, while I was pregnant. And this was a week before I delivered my son. And I, I Googled some of my symptoms, and actually POTS came up. And I said to my friends and my family, I said, I have POTS. I have this, this illness. And they said, looked at me like I was crazy. Every doctor looked at me like I was crazy. They, you know, POTS is most common in teenage girls, 85%. 
specifically, it's a one to five ratio from females to male. They said, you know, teenage girls get POTS. 39-year-old pregnant women don't get POTS. And they were, and, and that was completely untrue. All right. And what's the cause? Is it caused by a virus or what? Mm-hmm. It, it could is. be. And this is why we need so much research, um, because they don't know. They don't know if there's a predisposition. Is it a genetic component? It can be brought on by a trauma, a pregnancy, a virus, even a common cold can bring POTS on. Lyme's disease, mononucleosis. I mean, there's such an array of ways that this could be brought on, but there's not enough research to support um, how POTS is brought on or, you know, and that just leaves us further away from a cure. Right. If we don't know what the what the root cause is. Okay. P-O-T-S, POTS, is postural? Orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Okay. What does that mean? It just means when you get up, your heart rate goes fast? Yes. So the, the postural, you know, so posture is your, you know, Lying standing. Lying down, standing up. Right? Lying down, standing up. And then the orthostatic is the standing. The tachycardia is the elevated heart rate of 100 beats or more. And then the syndrome, obviously, is, is the syndrome. The overlying thing with POTS is when you get up, your heart rate's fast. But with that comes a lot of other things. Correct. Like um, dizziness, fainting, um, debilitating fatigue, migraines, lightheadedness, heart palpitations, nausea, um, gastrointestinal problems, chest pain, shortness of breath. Uh, Some people have exercise intolerance where they can't exercise at all. And, you know, just to take this one step further... For, for some POTS patients, not all, exercise is the key to recovering, never fully going away, but actually ameliorating the symptoms. Okay. So you found a first online that, you, that this POTS matched you. And then how old was your newborn when you finally found a doctor that says, hey, I think you're on to something? Three months. Okay. Wow. A long three months. And what did they do for you? What did the medical field do for you? This particular doctor, he diagnosed me and told me that I need to drink as much fluid as possible during the day, I need to exercise as much as possible during the day, and I have to increase my salt intake. And the salt intake helps to increase one's blood volume, helps with the tachycardia, because people with POTS have low blood volume, and that's part of part of the problem. We have trouble holding in fluid, and once you lose fluid, you become dehydrated, and that will make you more tachycardic. For me, when I heard that, I, you know, I looked at my husband in the office, and I said, you know, I can't stand. I can't walk. I was reduced to crawling um, and lost all functions of my autonomic system. And had a newborn baby at home. Plus, I had a kindergartner at home as well. And I said, I don't know how I'm going to exercise. And his recommendation was to start with supine exercise, like swimming. So I swam every day for two years. And for someone who has POTS, everyone can relate to this, the fact just for me to get myself to the pool, get myself into the locker room to change into my bathing suit, get myself walked down to the pool, get in the water. I could do one lap the first day. That was it. And then to get myself out of the pool, back to the dressing room, showered, changed, I would be in bed for the rest of the day after that. Just that. Finished. Done. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you did this. You stayed with it every day for two years. Every day for two years I swam, and that gave me enough conditioning you know, build up my muscles enough to start doing orthostatic exercise, and I mean standing exercise, more cardiovascular exercise to help strengthen my muscles even more. And that's where I started on the treadmill. Wow. And I started running and doing uh, weight-bearing exercise.
exercises. And, and was there any medication, any transfusions? So for some POTS patients, medication doesn't help at all. Some POTS patients can take a beta blocker, which helps lower your resting heart rate. There's a whole host of medications that can help some POTS patients and also make POTS patients worse. So it's a lot of trial and error. Every POTS patient is different. Every protocol is different. And it just depends on what works for you. Well, I have to tell you this. POTS could not have a better spokesperson. You are educating us all beautifully today. Oh, thank you, Casey. Thank you so much. Beautifully. So now the question is, there's over 3 million people are affected by this disease. There's 1 to 3 million people in the U.S., and there's 70 million globally. And probably many undiagnosed, I would venture to guess. Many undiagnosed. So it takes an average person six plus years to get diagnosed with POTS. I was lucky. Three months is a blink compared to people who are suffering for years and years. And once I started doing this outreach, I've had people come in contact with me to say, wow, I've really been suffering for so many years and I think I have POTS. All right, now's the question. What can we do for you? Tell us about the walk. Tell us about how we can find out more. I'm hosting um, a walk run on October 4th at 9.30 in Rye, New York. It's called POTS Take a Stand. The purpose of this is to raise as much funds and as much awareness as possible for people who are suffering with POTS and dysautonomia, plus to educate the medical community. The more money, the more funds we have to support research, the closer we are to a cure. So to find out more information about this, to either donate and or walk in the race, you can visit www.potstakeastand.com. I want to just take you back and remember that young mom with the infant baby who was crawling on the floor. And now you're hosting a run and a walk. Are you going to participate? Absolutely. Absolutely. You would have never believed that had I told you this. Never. When your son was a baby, right? Never. No. I just want to stand up and cheer for you. This is an amazing Thank success you, story. And Thank I'm, you so much. I'm so grateful to help spread the news and let people know about POTS and autonomic system disorder. Dysautonomia, yes. Dysautonomia. All right. You're educating us. Anything else our listeners need to know this morning? Thank you so much, Casey, for giving me this opportunity. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure. What a sweetie. Wendy Barukowitz, running for POTS. Visit potstakeastand.com. So there you go. Again, thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next week on the radio. You've been listening to the Health and Happiness Show with Casey. The content of the Health and Happiness Show is intended for general information purposes only. The Health and Happiness Show is a presentation of the New York Presbyterian Hudson Valley Hospital Center. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at caseyradio.com. Join Casey for another edition of the Health and Happiness Show next Sunday morning on 100.7 WHUD. 